What's your Everest? You know, the highest mountain on earth, a metaphor for a goal that is so big that it scares you to even speak it out loud. That goal that takes more than a season, a year, or maybe takes a lifetime to even accomplish. I'm Colleen Rue, the voice of the mountain and your host as we meet inspiring individuals who know what it's like to set big goals and how to accomplish them. Welcome to My Everest, a 29029 podcast. What if you could teach your children how to do hard things before they experience the hard things in life? You could show them their strength and how to create a support system to lean on in the tough times. What if you brought them to a mountain, set a goal to reach the summit, and then climbed every step beside them? There's a lot to be said for someone telling you what to do and someone else saying, and I'll do it too, and they show you. In this special Father's Day episode of the 29029 podcast, we introduce you to a father who did just that, not once, but twice. Andy Lausch is no stranger to endurance sport. He's completed 30 marathons, 50Ks, 50 milers, and even conquered the king of ultra running, the 100 miler. But Andy's greatest accomplishments in the world of endurance came as he stood side by side with his daughters, wearing red bibs and hats in 2019, on the top of Snow Basin, Utah, and in 2021, at the top of Sun Valley, Idaho. That time with Shazi and Zareen on the mountain was the best thing I'd ever done as a parent, period, full stop. So that I clearly had to do that with Nadia and Bibi. That wasn't going to be uh, a choice. In celebration of fathers everywhere and the impact and legacy they can leave to their children, meet Andy. So uh, I have four daughters, two older, two younger. Shazi and Zarina are at the time when we did uh, our Utah 29 or 29 event. They were in their late 20s. And uh, my younger daughters, Nadia and Bibi, uh, were teenagers at the time when we did uh, Idaho. They are just just the best kids ever. I'm such a proud girl dad. But they, they had never really done events with us. That wasn't a thing. It was a thing that I kind of did on my own. My wife and I did a little bit together, but not much. And with 29029, that, that was originally actually when I first saw it, I'm like this looks like a pretty cool event. And then I looked at the investment of time and time away from the family and just financial investment as well. I mean, this is a big deal. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this by myself. So I went to my wife and said, hey, let's do this. This would be some, such a fun couple thing to do. Here's what it is. There's 10 months away. Let's do it. She's like, nope. And I get it and because it isn't her thing. She she really um, has conquered so many challenges in her life and still is every day. And it's just not something that she has a personal drive for or needs for. So, of course, my my wheels in my head start spinning. And I said, oh, how can I get myself to do this? And I'm like, Shazi and Zarina. And I said to her, how about if I get the twins to do it? Um, Shazi and Zarina are twins. And she said, no, they'll, they'll never do it. So, because these I, are, um, you said they're in their 20s. Shazia and yeah, at the time they were, yeah. are in their early yeah. 20s. Are they living at home or are they out of college? Where are they in life? During this time, they're already out of college. So okay. They're late 20s okay. At, okay. At the time. So they're already out. They're working. They're earlier in their career. So they're not making a ton of money, right? So this is how I got them roped in a little bit. So I sent them a text and I'm like, hey, check this thing out. Daddy daughter events. You know, I buy, we fly, let's, let's just, let's just do it. And like, you have 10 months of train, you're already in good shape, but they like, keep in mind, they never run a 5k in their life either. They're not doing these kinds of events normally, but they're strong-willed people. And they said, yeah, I'm in, let's do it. 
I've never seen two people train more, get more excited for something than, than those two. It was that easy. They really were just like, oh, yeah, dad, I'm totally in. Um, one of one of the girls responded right away that she was in. The other one kind of dragged her feet for a day or two. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I'm a recovering salesperson. So <laughs> I wasn't going to take no for an answer. And they were just all in. So they were clearly willing participants. In okay. this. And it was a free trip, essentially. Right. So they're like, dad's going to fly us out here. We're going to go and this will be fun. We'll go see Utah. Had you guys ever been to Utah before? Uh, I had. I don't think they had been, but I had been out there for some work things in the okay. past. All right. So it was kind of new. And they now are they living close enough that you guys were able to train together or? At the time, they were living in downtown Chicago, so maybe about an hour drive from where I live at right now, and they were living together, I think, as well. Um, so, But they keep in mind, we're in Chicago, so training, hill training is very difficult, um, but they found ways to do it. What did you do? You needed hill training, too. Were you guys on the treadmill all the time? Was it the Stairmaster? Uh, so one of the things that I learned and why I felt confident about going to this event was because I'd done enough longer event, whether it's a marathon or an ultra that I've learned enough about how far I can get with just physical training and how far I can get with mental training. My third marathon that, that I did was like by far my fastest. It was really good. It was like an hour off my best time. And I barely tra trained or didn't train as much as I did for the second one. And I didn't realize at the time, but I was much stronger. I was doing a lot of you know, weight training at the time. And so I get done with my third marathon and I beat my time by an hour. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm pretty good. Maybe I don't need to train that much because I'm just gifted. And I just found out this wonderful gift that I have. So I go into my fourth marathon the next year and it was just terrible, terrible. I'm at like mile six and I'm saying out loud, why are you even running? You hate running. <laughs> and so I, over the, over the years, I had learned enough about what you get out of strong physical training program. And if you don't train physically for it, well, then your mind has to make up the gap. So in terms of 29 or 29, I didn't do as much maybe hill work or stair work that I should have, but I did a lot of mental work and I was prepared for that, especially because, you know, my girls were going to be there. Yeah. And, and the girls, they, they took the training on and they made it happen. And you guys show up to the mountain, Utah, 2019. And I remember the first time I saw you guys, your bib, everybody gets to put personalize their bib. And yours just said Shaz and Zar's dad. That's all it said on that. It there was no Andy right. on it. You weren't Andy. You were dad on that mountain. Uh, exactly. It was funny. When I <laughs> filled out the form of what you want on your bib, I knew I was going to get a call back because, okay, their names are Shaz and Zarina, but we call them Shaz and Zar. And luckily, Shaz and Zar's dad with no spaces was the fit on the bib. And I couldn't take one more character. And I knew someone to read this and saying, what is the, what is this? Who is this guy? And what is he writing? And so I, I don't know who it was, Matt, or maybe someone else called me and said, are you sure this is what you want? I'm like, yeah. Cause my point is I wanted to surprise the girl. So when we got, into, I didn't know where it would be, but when we went into the tent, I was you know, kind of videotaping it when I walked in and it was so cute to see that, you know, Shazia's bib there and Zarina's and then Shazan's Zar's dad. It was just a little, you yeah. know, homage to them. No, it, it was. And, it, and I and everybody noticed, you know, it was so clear that you guys were in this together. And when you came to the mountain, did you have a plan with the girls to hike together? Because when you've got three people who are taking on a 36 hour challenge, there's a lot of things that can go on. Like, what was your plan going in there with the girls? Uh, the plan was pretty basic. It was, hey, let's try to stay together if that makes sense and everyone's happy with it. And if not, 
do you, you do you, that's it. This was going to be enough of a mystery for all of us. So we didn't want to put any big barriers on ourselves. Like we're going to run, do everyone together. We have to stay together or whatever it might be. And we did stay together most of the time. I think the first three for sure, we were together. But after that, we started breaking away. And it was because I started breaking away from that. The, um, the third one was, was really, really tough on me. In Utah, as you know, the beginning looks kind of like, like a hill. You can't see the top of the mountain, but it looks like a hill. But once you get on this thing, it is, <laughs> it is Hades. It is terrible. And on my third one, I'm going up. And I could feel the veins in my neck throbbing and pumping out. <laughs> I've never felt that before. You, you laugh now, but I wasn't laughing at the time. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack on this mountain in front of my kids. I can't do this. And so I'm going up and I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? I'm in good enough shape where that shouldn't be happening. And we split up ways and I started basically changing what I was doing. A couple things in particular I did was instead of trying to go straight up, I started zigzagging, which was really important. And the other thing I discovered and I didn't know was I was using my hiking poles too much. I was using that to help me try to get up the mountain as opposed to support. And that was driving me to get very winded and drive my blood pressure through the roof. So those are some of the things, you know, I need that at least that I learned on the mountain that when things are hard, that's okay. But stop for a second, identify what's going on. Are there any challenges that you can overcome? Or what can't you overcome? Tweaking a few things here and there really helped me at that time. So that's, it's really interesting that those few little things like just changing your pole position and a lot, a lot of times we get to the mountain and a lot of people haven't used poles like that before. It's, you know, they don't really understand. You're not supposed to put them clear up. It's not like an ice axe that you're putting clear up in front of you. You know, they're supposed to be down by your hips. They're supposed to be supporting you. That's interesting. You solve that problem. And I, I remember your girls are, they're a little quiet. Some people come to the mountain and they're just like loud and they're yelling and they're dancing. Your girls were so focused on the mountain. Like they knew what was going on and they were going to stay in it. What was it like watching them do that? Oh, I mean, watching them is nothing more than just immense pride, seeing them out there doing that, especially when they would overcome challenges. And of course, you're going to have challenges on that mountain. If you don't, it's not a big enough mountain. It's not steep enough for you. By design, you should have some challenges. Just seeing them out there conquering something, especially conquering something that is unnecessary. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have to try to do that uh, just in normal life. But if you want more than normal life, yeah, you should do that. You should do that a lot. It was just really proud seeing them do that, you know, seeing them grow up you know, as kids and then young adults, clearly a lot of pride there. But seeing them struggle and both physically and mentally with, the adult challenges that they're facing have been really um, wonderful to see. Do you feel like the mountain helped them at all? Did it, did it ignite anything in them? Did it change them? Was there something you learned about them that maybe you didn't know before bringing them to the mountain? Well, one of the things I learned that was interesting, at least this may be for all four of the girls was that they respond really well to coaching. And sometimes that coaching should not come from dad, right? Having not dad coach you sometimes really makes a big difference. I know in Utah, one of the one of the older girls was st really struggling. On, I think maybe your seventh uh, ascent, getting sick all over the mountain. It wasn't good. I wasn't there. I heard about it later. And Coach Brent had to really, really helped her out quite a bit. Oh, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. After that, she got everything out that she needed to get out of her system. She turned into a beast. She could not be stopped. It was 
like, God, just go ahead, keep going. I don't want to slow you down. And that was, and so this is for eight, eight, the eight last ascents or whatever, ascents, whatever it was, she just was a, a machine and could not be stopped. So it was really great, kind of cool to see that. It was also great for her to see that and for her sister to see that as well. I did another situation with uh, where Coach Brent had helped my younger daughters and I out on our second to last ascent uh, going up the hill in Idaho as well. By far our fastest ascent. I think we cut off our time by maybe 30, 40 minutes. And that was all because of the coach. So, you know, one of the learnings was there's a really a time and a place to get ideas and tips from dear old dad. And there's a ton of times when you don't want to hear it from me. It's an interesting lesson to allow others in that space to impact your children because they they need that. Like you said, there's a time for us, but also getting them to the point where they can reach out to others and they can accept others help and motivation and inspiration. That's that's a pretty special thing to see. And you must have been so proud with that. There was one of the ascents that we were going up with uh, my younger daughters in Idaho. And we were in the lodge and the girls were having a rough time. There was tears involved, all of it. It was just a little bit of a breakdown and that's okay. Nadia, she needed to talk to my wife, her mom. And next thing you know, we're like 80% up the mountain and we get done. And I'm like, all these people are stopping me. It was like, is your daughter on a phone call for the last 40 minutes? I'm like, yeah. So like, wow, hiking. I'm like, yeah, like 85 degree weather. I'm like, yeah. And like, how does she do it? I'm like, I don't know. She was talking to a coach and that was a coach she needed at the time. She needed her mom. And, you know, my wife has really been the inspiration for all of these girls. I would never have done this with any of them. It wasn't for her. The kids really lucked out. They won the mom lottery and they don't even know it, but they are strong and wonderful because of her. So it's another example as a a dad to realize there's time for me to be involved. There's time for me to step away and let other people help out. I've seen you with the girls and I've seen you guys finish these mountains. And in Utah, Shaz and Zar, they they finish. You guys got your red hats. You go home and you have this idea to come back to 2929. Was it because you wanted to bring the younger girls? Was it what precipitated you coming again? Was it an experience you wanted to give to the girls or was it just something different. I consider myself a good parent for sure. I'm a really strong provider, but I'm not perfect. That time with Shazi and Zarina on the mountain was the best thing I'd ever done as a parent, period, full stop. So that I clearly had to do that with Nadia and Bibi. That wasn't going to be uh, a choice. Uh, the only difference would be they'd be a, a lot younger and probably have less of an interest in doing it than their older sisters did. But again, uh, I'm able to uh, motivate some people sometimes. And so we were able to make it happen. How did that conversation go? I mean, these are teenage girls. I have a 16-year-old daughter. And I can just imagine if I went to her and said, hey, we're going to climb 29 on 29. She would just flatly refuse me and say that she hated hiking and everything. How did that conversation go? Um, it, It really wasn't that hard because they look up to the big sisters quite a bit. And just the stories that Shaz and Zara came back with, it was just unquestionable that Hanadi and Bibi would do it. So they were really the sales force for me on this one. You know, they were clearly less excited about it than their older sisters, but they, you know, they're at an age and we're at an age where they, they trust in mom and dad and they, they believe in it and say, Hey, you got this. And they'll say, okay, if you say so. So there's a little more arm ringing with them, but for me, it it, it absolutely was not a decision. It was going to happen, period. 
Yeah, because it was such a great, a great thing. And what was so special with Nadia and Bibi was you guys finished Father's Day weekend in 2021. I just have such a tangible memory of when Nadia and Bibi and you were approaching and I just happened to be at the summit. I'm usually not at the summit and I just happened to be at the summit and able to call you guys up on that final ascent. And it was, it honestly is one of the most special moments for me because it was great. Actually, one of the pictures shows the girls right in front of me and I'm behind with the camera videotaping. And when I listened to it later on, I heard something. It was really shallow shallow because we were far away, but I turned up the volume. I heard you say, you want to do something epic for your kids, teach them how to do hard things. And that was just, that's what this has been for me and for us. I feel like as a parent, I have to say I'm a little bit envious of that position that you were able to create as a parent. Help the rest of us as parents. How do we create those things for our kids? Do it by accident. If you want to follow my example, I asked Shazi and Zarita to do it because I selfishly wanted to do it myself. It didn't start as a, as a daddy-daughter thing. It started as, I want to go. How can I get myself to go? Full transparency. With Nani and Bibi, it was, that was the best thing I've ever done as a parent. I'm, I have to do it with you. I guess my, my guidance release, what I did was start somewhere. Just, just start there. One of the biggest takeaways I have from this, which is really surprising, I didn't expect it at all. I didn't realize how special it was to other people to see what we were doing on that mountain. I had so many people coming up to me in Utah, nonstop. Girls are doing great. Oh, they're struggling. Oh, they're killing it. They're doing great. Oh, it's so wonderful what you're doing. I just was filled with so much emotion and just hearing how these people felt about us doing this. Oh, I want to do it with my daughter. I want to do it with my son. I had people in Idaho coming up to me saying, you were the dad from Utah with the girls and you have your other girls here. That reaction just fills me with a lot of joy and pride. And the reality is it wasn't by design. So if you do it by design, that's great. Or if you do it by accident, that's okay too. Being willing to take our kids and do those big things and put them in those situations. I'm sure you were uncomfortable on the mountain too, Andy. I mean, there had to have been, this was not, these weren't cakewalks to the top for you. No, it's a constant struggle. I didn't realize it at the time. Actually, I didn't realize at the time until I got done with both events with all four girls that they were the ones really getting me up the mountain. In Utah, it was, boy, I can't have a heart attack on this mountain and drop dead. That's not good. That's going to cause some travel delays for the kids. With our younger ones, it was, I was really struggling, but they clearly were looking at me and had a lot more faith in me than the older ones did. And I could not let them down. At the end of the day, it's about role modeling. There's a lot to be said for someone telling you what to do and someone else saying, and I'll do it too. And they show you. So I felt obliged to continue up that mountain. Both had their tough spots. Sun Valley, Idaho is aptly named. It was super hot and ton of sun and not much shade. It was really, really tough on, on all of us. But those kids really got me up that mountain quite a bit. Yeah. And that's it's an incredible lesson to learn is looking and having that why of being on the mountain because your why was strong enough to overcome those moments when you didn't want to continue on. You were there wanting to be that role model for your girls. You were there wanting to create this experience. And that why was strong enough that when you came to those mental low spots, you could push through and you could say, all right, we're just going to keep trucking along because there's so many times on the mountain, 
it's not necessarily sure it's physically difficult. Your legs are always going to be tired. But sometimes I think I don't think they're going to get any more tired, but it's your brain that's telling you, oh, we should just stop. We should just, you know, let's not do this anymore. Let's go back to the tents. Let's take time. Let's take an hour and, and go sit down. If you can just keep going and if that why inside of you, whether it's your kids that are looking up to you, whether it's that you put this out there on social media and you're trying to raise funds for charity or for some reason, some why inside of you, that really helps get us to these summits that we want to reach in our life. Yeah. And, you know, I, one of the things that I looked at, you know, what, why do we do this? Um, I've been, I had a chance to really think about this quite a bit over the you know, years of doing that. And to me, it's a lot about kind of our shared humanity. So clearly it was about me as a father and my daughters um, in hindsight and the two events that we did, but it was a lot more than that. You mentioned us being um, a little more quiet and we were, we were clearly not um, extremely outgoing people. Actually, one of the cool things about the event that I love, while there's a lot of talk about community and there's a tremendous community, it's not overbearing. It's You're not forced to engage and rah-rah and party. If you want to do that, that's great. And if you just want to put your head down and go, you can do that too. It's a really nice fit, uh, especially for a family of um, introverts. And um, But if you expand it across there, to me, it was a little bit more about um, our shared humanity and watching other people struggle was amazing. I, I could think of nothing more inspirational than those people that are going up the mountain. And maybe it's their fourth, fifth, eighth, ninth ascent, but they'll never summit Everest. They, they just won't get there, but they keep going. That as, I don't care how many ultras I've done, that is so much more inspirational than anything else I've seen uh, personally in my life. And I, I think 29029 gives people a chance to appreciate, I think, our shared humanity. You know, in the world that we live in today, there's a, a lot of discussion about things that divide us uh, or that make us unique. And those discussions should happen and our uniqueness should be cherished. Uh, that's wonderful. And I think we can also celebrate our shared humanity at the same time. You know, we have goals, hopes, dreams, fears. We have joy. We, have, we feel insufficient. We have all these things, whether you're at an event like this or you're at the post office, DMV, on a Zoom call, whatever, we're all humans. And there's some things that we share that are uniquely human. There's over a million uh, you know, species of animals uh, on this world, but there's only one species that's humankind. Um, and you get to see the shared humanity and what we look like when you're up on that mountain. And I think 29, oh, 29 has been kind of, a, kind of a blunt weapon to really wake us up and help us flex that humanity connect with our fellow brothers and sisters and really not only flex our, our muscles, but I think our brain muscles as well in terms of finding joy and through the struggle. Yeah. And our, in our collective hearts together. And I talk about this all the time, how I, I feel like at 29 or 29, you're stripped of your labels. You are just that person climbing that mountain where regardless of how you got there or what your current circumstances are, what you're struggling with, you are the same as everybody else battling for the mountain. And I, I do think there's something so human about that that puts us at ease to 
be in this shared zone that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO and a billionaire and I've never done a 5K and I don't have a pot or a window to throw it out of. It it doesn't matter who we are in those moments. Do you feel like your girls felt that as well? Did they come home with that sense as well? I, I think Shazi and Zarina probably did. I don't know about Nadia and Bibi. I'm not sure if they yet appreciate what they really accomplished. I, I try to tell them, especially on the mountain and after we finished, like, this is a really big deal what you're doing right here. So I'm not sure if they were just being quiet about it or if they haven't got it yet. But uh, it's something myself, my wife continue to impress upon them. Like, hey, reflect on this. Think think about this, especially in terms of like that, that the mountain is just a metaphor for everything else you're doing. It is literally an example of I have this really hard thing to do. And if I look at the top and me getting there 14, 13, 15 times, whatever it is, it's just too hard. Maybe I won't do it. And it's so easy just to not sign up. And that's true in your life, in your career, in your relationships, where you want to live, what you want to do. I remember one of our gondola rides down with uh, Shazi and Zarina uh, midway through the event. We were talking about you know their careers. One wanted to switch careers. Another one wanted to move across the country or overseas, I think it was at the time. And they were really struggling with that. I'm like, you realize what you're doing right now is 100 times harder than that. Like 100%. Like the, the sweat you're dropping on this mountain right now, the effort that you take to get here is by far more effort than you'll take to do those things. You've got it. Like, so think about this event. Think about how hard it was. Also, by the way, think about how great you felt after you got done, after all that, that sweat was expended. How great did you feel? Now just do that with your job. Do that in your life. Do that with your relationships. You know, you got that. To me, that will be a wonderful lesson that I'll be able to remind the kids about uh, really forever. You're absolutely right where it is a metaphor and we can take it with us wherever we go. And I'm sure that Nadia and Bibi, as they mature and they get in different positions in their life, they're going to see that as well. And they're going to be able to look back on that and be like, yeah, I get it now because it is the concept is it's bigger than just climbing a mountain. There's so much more than just climbing a mountain at 29029. And the fact that you got to share that with your girls and now moving through and able to reflect back on that is is just incredible. But where do you guys go from here? You know, what's what are the big goals? You guys have more big goals. What do you do? Uh, you, you know, so I, I would say that the twins are off, you know, in their careers in the rat race and doing their thing, continuing to work on doing the kind of work that not only brings them joy, but will help those that they they serve, whether it's in a corporate or public spheres. They're moving around here and there. Shazia is still in Chicago. Zarina's out in Arizona. They'll be moving around a little bit throughout the country, I would assume, over the next year or so. Nadia and Bibi, you know, Nadia is getting ready for college right now, and Bibi's in her second half of uh, high school. So they're students, you know, doing their student thing. Nadia and Bibi are really big into dance, so like ballet, that kind of thing, which was also amazing as well when we talk about training for 29 or 29 because they did not train that much. Uh, well, one, because they're, they're teenagers and they have teenager bodies, but <laughs> they they – spent so much time in the dance studio uh, every day. So they're physically fit and can really handle uh, anything. So, you know, I, I think from here on, I mean, we're going to continue being a family doing what we're doing. And in terms of uh, maybe some events or endurance related things that I would love to do or think about, I think it would be wonderful to hike one of these long trails, maybe the Appalachian Trail, or the, or the PCT. I know Shazin Zarina, actually after 29029, they signed up to climb or to hike Mount Blanc. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got canceled due to COVID, but they were going to do that. There's a, a book I read by a gentleman that 
ran around Lake Michigan in 40 days. And that just seemed really intriguing to me. My wife would kill me, so I don't expect that I'll, that I'll do it. But that seemed to be an interesting thing. I would, I would love to do 29 on 29. Again, I'd love to do it with my wife. I'd love to do it with all six of us. But doing it is really commitment. It's one thing to get teenagers to do it. And it's another one to get you know full-grown adults to do it. So I, you know, I'd love my wife to do it. I, this is going to be her call if, she, yeah. if we make that happen. We'll put the shout out there for her and say, it's it's an option. <laughs> it's it's open. It's open if you'd like to take it. Because, of course, we would love to have more of your family on the mountain because you, you have. You've inspired our entire community. And it's made us all look to see how we can create, like you said, and engineer some great memories and great lessons for our families and for our children, because it's, it is, it's so much more than a mountain and it can be so much more than that. I was thinking about that. To me, 29029 is kind of like a, a secret self-help seminar. It's like a therapy session masquerading as a sports event. Uh, you know, you're wearing on the outside, you're wearing, you know, the kits, you know, your endurance clothes and stuff, but what's happening really isn't on the outside, but it's really on the inside as well. And that's how I'll always view them, view them out as, um, therapy session to help you kind of work things out a little bit and figure out who am I, how can I bring others, you know, joy to others? How can I be the best version of myself? Uh, and the mountain helps you do that. There you have it. My Everest, the latest episode of the 29029 podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about 29029 events or read more stories from an incredible community of individuals, you can head over to 29029everesting.com. That's 29029everesting.com. I'm Colleen Rue, the voice of the mountain. Keep climbing. We'll meet you at the next summit.